Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have my mantle, which is a man satchel or a purse, man purse on. You'll see, nobody's laughing. They're really uncomfortable that I just said that. <laughs> what that they have what has Pastor done? <laughs> no, I'm a, you'll, you'll see what that's about. But anyway, it's a fashionable one. Thanks, girls. I got that from the girls. Uh, it's good to be here. Hey, if you're new, uh, to Community Church, welcome. Uh, we uh, love having you here. It's a holiday weekend. Maybe some family are here, and it's just good having you here. But we, uh, yeah, I'll let you talk because we're. This is kind of different for us. Yeah, it's nice to be able to um, kind of change our format. We've done this a couple times already, and and uh, we, we started saying we should do this. I think it was reaction the first time we did it because like none of the band could like commit to a Sunday or something, and so it was like, well, I guess I'll just do it by myself. And, uh, but now we actually are saying, like, hey, we should actually schedule this, because it's really nice to kind of, uh, not for the sake of variety, because I don't think variety is, is the goal or the intention behind it, but to change our format enough so that it kind of rattles us loose of our thinking, we can get into rut in the way, in the way we do things here, or, or, you know, we just kind of show up and we know what we're going to see and do and feel and hear, and and how we're going to act. And so, so to be able to change the format a little bit, I know for the songs at least, it, it puts some of the emphasis and the focus back on the words that yeah. we're actually saying. Uh, it's, I mean, I love music and I love being able to have the big band and doing big rocking over the top songs. Um, but sometimes, uh, you know, we can lose the emphasis of what we're singing in how we're doing it. And so, so it's nice just to kind of bring it back down to say, what are we actually saying? in these songs. And so, um, you know, I, I, when we respond, and, and, and I was joking with the first service saying that, you know, we, we can see pretty well from up here, and so when we ask you to stand up or sit down, we can kind of see the, oh, okay. I see that in the message all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can tell when you're nodding off or whatever. Um, so I'm not going to prescribe with that you have to uh, stand or, or, or sit right now. Um, I'm going to sit just because it's easier to play like this. Uh, but I just want that to be a response from, from your heart. I mean, we're, we're going to sing um, about God's holiness and the fact that he is the creator of the universe. And as the line says, the moon and the stars declares who you are, God. And, and so I would encourage you to, to respond uh, and sing and, and to think and meditate and reflect on what it is that we're saying. And we're singing to our, uh, a holy God. And so uh, why don't you join me? and we're gonna sing about His Holiness. <clears throat> it's falling from the clouds, a strange and lovely sound. I hear it in the thunder and the rain. It's ringing in the skies like cannons in the night. The music of the universe plays. We're singing, You are holy, great and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me. Forever my heart will sing of how great you are. 
beautiful and free, beautiful and free, the song of galaxies reaching far beyond the Milky Way. Let's join in with the sound, come on, let's sing it out as the music of the universe plays. We're singing, you are holy, great and mighty, the moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. We'll sing of our grave, all glory, honor, power is yours, amen. All glory, honor, power is yours, amen. All glory, honor, power is yours forever, amen. Sing, you are holy, because you are holy, great and mighty the moon and the stars declare who you are i'm so unworthy but still you love me forever my heart will sing of you yes you are holy great and mighty the moon and the stars declare who are. I'm so unworthy, but still you love me forever. My heart will sing of how great you are. Great you are. Would you just pray with me? God, you are great. You are holy. God, I pray that our, the, the few minutes that we have here together as we've gathered, that when we just sing all glory, honor, power is yours, that every minute that we have together would reflect that. Because yeah. we recognize that we are yours. So thank you for having a relationship with us, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we're we're going to go ahead and go into a time of giving and have the, those that are helping with our first fruits so they can make their way forward. Um, real quick little announcement about that is that we spent the last couple of weeks talking about, uh, proposing, and then voting on uh, a budget, which, uh, thanks to you, uh, passed uh, with flying colors. We far exceeded what we needed for a, a quorum. It's just a fun word to say. Um, quorum, quorum, and uh, uh, so yeah. So we're we were very excited about this budget, and it's kind of exciting to see that you were too, because you said yes, let's do that. Uh, and so we're, yeah. This next season is going to be awesome, and Troy's going to be talking more about that uh, this morning, even. Um, but man, we we're excited about what God's doing, and uh, you know, a budget is is a tool. It's it's not meant to be the defining factor of how God shows favor or not or whatever. But we've done as, as much work as we can to say, hey, this is what we're going to choose to do with what, we've, what we uh, have been given. And uh, to get your affirmation in that, it means a lot. 
And so we're excited about what God's going to do. And so let's just pray for this time of giving, and then we're going to continue to sing about how good and great and able our God is. God, again, we just pause to say thank you, and we look to you as our great provider. We know that without your hand in it, Lord, then we, we build in vain because we're simply building a structure made by man. But God, as we've looked around and we see, as we've been seeing lives changed over the years, we know that your presence and your hand is at work here. And we submit to that. We surrender our wills to that. And we just ask that you would continue to do that great work and that you would use us in however you see fit to make that happen. And so thanks for your grace and mercy in allowing us to do this and allowing us to gather. And pray that you would be pleased and honored and worshiped with this offering that we give to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. God is able, he will never fail, he is almighty God, greater than all we seek, greater than all we ask, he has done great things, lifted up, he defeated the grave. Raised to life, our God is able, in his name we overcome, for the Lord our God is God is with us, God is on our side, He will make a way, far above all we know, far above all we hope, He has done great things, lifted up, He defeated the grave. Race to life, our God is able. In his name we overcome. For the Lord, our God is God is with us, He will go before, He will never leave us, He will never leave us, and God is for us, He has open arms, He will never fail us, He will never fail us, lifted up, He defeated the grave, raised to life. Our God is able, in His name we overcome, for the Lord our God is able, lifted up, 
defeated the grave, raised to life, our God is able, in his name we overcome, for the Lord our God is able, for the Lord our God is able, for the Lord our God is able. Father, you are more than able. Well, this morning as we open up uh, your truth, might it seed into our souls and our hearts and change the way we live. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I uh, just, Bobby and I were talking the first service, and part of the reason I love doing these services too, because we're not super planned. Um, I mean, we did come with a message, so you know that, so. Uh, but there's just something more as we're dialoguing through this, and we've talked a lot about music, and Bobby and the, and the team have done a great job with that, but just to know, to know, for you to know, that just as a great scene in creation, a sunset, a sunrise, uh, just as a great piece of art might move you, music was used often to call us to remember and be reminded of who he is. It's not magic, it's not all of a sudden it gets us there, but it, it is something that moves us to a place of remembrance. And man, I just so love these, as Bobby was saying too, it's, it allows us to focus on the lyrics and... Uh, what, a, what a draw into really some lyrics like, he is able. Uh, he is more than able. He's defeated the grave. Boy, there's some powerful things. So don't miss that opportunity, especially in light of how we're doing this this morning. We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 13, and if you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hands. Um, I believe someone will get you a Bible. Um, if not, volunteers stand up and hand Bibles out. But raise your hand if you need a Bible. Matthew chapter 13, and... Uh, we're going to talk this morning about sowing, um, not like sowing, like sowing things, but um, sowing seed. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is going to begin to address this uh, to his disciples. And we pick this because this is a holiday weekend, and we call these one-off weekends, and that doesn't mean it's a wasted weekend, but uh, we never know who we're going to get and the visitors we're going to get, and so we are going to start a series next week, and we just felt like, uh, what is the one thing we could talk about that would be like a one week that would just be powerful for everybody and all of us? And we've wanted to talk about this passage, and we feel like it sets up even where we're going to head. But this quote from Dallas Wheeler really kind of sets the table for us. It says, you can live opposite of what you profess, but you cannot live opposite of what you believe. In other words... It's really easy for people to live very differently than what we talk about. People say a lot of things in life, and yet their life doesn't match up, and we call that a hypocritical life or a double standard. But really, what it comes down to is most of us are living out our lives pretty much consistent with what we really believe. And I think that's important for us to hear this morning, and it's because of that concept or that really there's a truth there that we felt like we needed to talk about this in Matthew 13. Jesus is going to be speaking to not only his disciples, but many followers of Jesus. 
and he is going to do uh, that in parables. Parables are, uh, it's like throwing a story alongside. It means, let me tell you a story to help illustrate a truth. And telling those stories doesn't necessarily define the whole thing, but it gives us a very good description and a better idea. And so Jesus is going to go through parables. And he did that often in his teaching. Jesus is also seen as a rabbi. A rabbi was a teacher of, of the scriptures. And so anytime a rabbi would, would sit down, it was teaching time. It was kind of like classes in session. And so Jesus is kind of backed up to the shore of Galilee, so full of so many people that he'll have to get into a boat, and then he'll sit on that boat. And the way Galilee is structured, the, the mountain ranges are next to it, he could have been talking to thousands in a canyon, and they would have heard him on the water. And so there's the setting, there's the scene. Matthew chapter 13 brings us right to this text of, of Jesus talking about this first parable. And it says... And a farmer went out to sow his seed. Uh, and, and it says in verse 4, And he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. So he's out there with his seed. He'd reach into his manshul or merce or whatever it was, and he would, he would throw the seed, right? It says, As he was scattering that seed, some fell along the path, as you see this picture here this morning. He said, Some, though, fell along the rocky places or rocky soil where uh, it says that that the birds, I'm sorry, the birds came up the rocky on the path. I'm really butchering that. Some fell along the rocky places where it did not have much soil, sprang up quickly because there was the shallowest soil. Uh, But when the sun came, the plants uh, were scorched by the sun and they withered up because they had no root. So you see that kind of scorching. Um, Verse 6 says, I'm sorry, verse 7 says, then the other seed came among the thorns. This is an easy one, but he was throwing seed and some of it hid in the thorny soil. This, though, is where it grew up and choked out the plants. And then the last one he said that he's throwing seed and some of it falls on the good soil. And that's where it says in verse uh, 8 there, it says when it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And it says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, that's the parable. Now, Jesus is going to now take kind of some time because the disciples are going to ask, why do you teach in parables? And we're not going to kind of dive into that section, but we're going to pick up where he's going to say, now I want to tell you the meaning of that parable. Pick up in verse 18. It says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. It says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed thrown among paths. In other words, what he's doing, he's saying there's the sower is the person sharing good news. They're the person that's throwing seeds. Seed would be God's truth, the good news. Not to be mistaken with good spiritual answers or your opinion about right and wrong. It's the good news. We talked about this last service. The good news of Christ. John, in the Gospel of John, he says, this is great news. I mean, I think oftentimes we have this impression that, that sowing seed is like throwing it in people's faces and, and you know, right in their face. This, it is good news. And so the sower is, is throwing the seed. But some of it hits on different soils. The soils are to illustrate heart condition. They're the heart condition of a person's heart. And so what we see here is the first one is the path. And we know that in a path is 
well-worn and it's trodden down by people walking on it, but the seed would have laid on top of that, right? And it would not be able to germinate. The soil would have been too difficult to do that. Plus, people would have walked over it, and it says that the birds find this is a great feasting area, right? That they could come and take and snatch seeds away. This picture gives us a picture of a heart that's hard. A hardened heart. Someone who, maybe they've heard the truth, maybe you've dialogued with that family member or a friend, but it just kind of bounces and it just lays there. And we're going to talk about this in a minute because this is a struggle for a lot of us and we, we want those people to know God, but really a heart that's hard is, is not going to receive seed. Now, we, we get an interesting perspective here because we have four different soil types. This is the first one. We get an, an interesting percentage, as we were told later on in this parable. There's a 75% failure rate of seed. In other words, 25%. Now, I don't know if the, the parable is told that, way, told that way, but he could have said five soils. He could have said six. We get the idea that everyone is not going to just all of a sudden get it. The seed that's thrown, we think, in service times or in the ministries here at Community Church aren't always going to be well-received. And so I think that's an interesting light for us this morning, but this first area, we see that the bird comes and snatches the seed away from this hard soil. The second one really was the area of the rocky ground. Now, we felt like it was a better picture to talk about the sun scorching it here, but really it's the rocky soil, and so you know that if you plant a seed and the, 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 uh, the soil is pretty shallow and there's rocks underneath it, it may spring up for a moment, for some time, but eventually, what? That persecution comes, and that's the sun scorching it. It withers it away, and it doesn't have a chance to take root. Boy, I know there's a lot of people that we could talk about that have had that, haven't we? We've seen them get really excited about God and excited about their spiritual journey, and as soon as tough times come their spiritual journey wanes. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you this morning is this hard heart, and you're here maybe reluctantly, and, and it gets, we keep talking about God, and your heart is just saying, well, I'm, I'm just not getting it. Or maybe it's you that's, man, as soon as persecution comes, you feel your, your faith being tested, and it starts to wither away. It could be illness, it could be finances, don't know what that is, but I'm sure most of you could either recognize that in your own life or in someone else's. The next soil, really the meaning of it is, is as the seed was thrown and the weeds come up. Now I know I'm not necessarily a garden expert at all and, and Trish and I actually kill lots of plants that are potted. Um, and we know that one thing for sure, if, if I'm going to plant seed, I better do some weeding. Uh, and we, we better clear the area. And we know that if you throw seed and there's weeds in that area, the chances of that seed actually taking root and growing through the weeds is very difficult. The illustration here or the, the parable paints this picture. It says that the seeds uh, thrown in the, the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out. This is very interesting that Jesus would choose this. And again, we're not saying that money is bad, but the idea of the worry and the struggle, and probably nothing more relevant for us in our culture 
Um, I know that, that Bobby's talked about it often in staff, about he and Harper, and, and a lot of us really trying to work through our financial situations and debt and trying to honor God with what we have. And yet, what the message that we get in our culture today is what? You deserve more. You should take that promotion so you could work longer hours, so you can make more money, so that you could have more. And we're, we're caught in this cycle of feeling like we need more, we need more. And it says that that can choke out. That can deceit you. It's deceitful. It deceives you, doesn't it? Thinking that that's happiness, thinking that that brings peace. Haven't you said, if we just had a little bit more, things would just... Friends, no, they wouldn't. None of us necessarily with more would be any different than we are right now. The other part of that is just the worry of life, and often we don't recognize this, but worry really discounts the cross. Because when we're worrying that God can't or won't, what we're saying is that Jesus is not enough. And that's a huge issue of disbelief, I think, in the church today, that we can leave here after singing and and coming to God and hearing the word and then go out of fear and just worry, worry, worry. Stress is a major part of illness in our culture today and it's around the worries of life. But then this last soil, it says that some fell on good soil. Some of the seed hit and as we see in there in the text, it says that it refers to someone who hears the word, understands it. And it says that God brings that understanding. It's not like, you have great educators around you. It's just the Spirit brings truth to your life. And when He does that, that begins to produce a crop. They begin to respond. It takes root. It, it takes a part of their life. And as the Dallas Willard quote, they can't help but begin to live a life in obedience and surrender to that truth. Do you know in the Scripture, the, the term for Christ's follower as we hear only the word Christian about two or three times, is not the common term. It's the word disciple. And when you were a disciple of Christ, that meant you lived out and did what he did. You did it. A seed that hits good soil begins to take root, and you see obedience. And you see a life that moves away. I, I read, uh, watched a great video this week, and it said that those who are disciples of Christ look to see how God wants to be pleased and they obey. They look to glorify his name. And then they move away from things that dishonor God and would make God uh, frown upon our life and say, I don't, I don't want to be in that sin because it doesn't honor him in his name. I understand I don't earn his righteousness. That's through his son Christ. But I long to let the seed of the truth germinate in my life. So there's four soils. And there's four different heart conditions that we're given in this parable. Really, this morning, we're gonna, our first response is, where's your heart? Because really, we, we can't point our fingers at anybody else because we can't know their heart's condition. We might be able to see them talk about a spiritual journey but then live counter to that. It's not our place to fix that. We're going to find in the next part of this. But really, this morning is where is the seed of truth? Where is, as the sower is sowing seed, as you've heard messages from here and from the radio and the internet and reading your own Bible, where is that seed landing in your own life? 
we talked last service, Bobby and I, and just saying how we probably have all been in this place at all different seasons. And, and I want this morning make sure that you hear that I make no claim that the soil of my life is always perfect. In fact, if truth be told, there's a lot of weeding that I have to typically do in my life. Because I'll worry for some time about something. Once again, be tricked by the deceitfulness of having more things or wealth and go up, oh, I've got a little weeding to do. Or I'll, pride will get the best of me at times and that heart will grow hard in a non-forgiving heart and that seed won't be able to, to germinate in my, own, in my own life. And sometimes it's, it's shallow. A lot of energy for something and then it wanes underneath persecution. I've been in all these places. And still, as a Christ follower and a disciple of Christ, still find myself in different places in my own heart. But where are you this morning? We want to just, as Bobby leads us again, and we get a chance to just, again, be reminded through music, but be called to be reminded about who God is, and really ask yourself, where are you this morning? Because we can't fix your heart. Only God can do that, and only you know where your heart is. Yeah, and I think, too, just to even add to that, Troy, that uh, even if it's just preparing our hearts to sing this next song, that, that we be honest about where we're at, we be honest about our, our need, and, and not just trying to say, well, I know I need to be good soil. I know that that's where my heart should be. Hmm. But to be honest about where you're at right now uh, so that God can meet you where you're at right now and, and start to do that work in you. And, and the other thing, too, is to be honest about, uh, you know, I think sometimes we'll have a tendency to want to, like, say, well, the church is responsible for making my heart ready and good soil. And hmm. can I just tell you right now, kind of on behalf of Troy and me and our staff, we're going to disappoint you. We will fall very short of that. And there's people kind of, you know, that may kind of like on the rocky soil that they say, oh, well, then it must, this must not be real. But when we're rooted in Christ, when we have this growing relationship with him, you know, whatever happens within the church, because, again, we're made up of people that are going to fall short and make bad decisions or whatever, that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, God's doing the work in you. Uh, this song is is new, and, and uh, I know Troy and I both have just really been gravitated toward this song, and, and I like it because it speaks towards that, that honesty of where you're at now. The lyrics just say, uh, light in my darkness, peace from my soul. You are my rescue. You've never let go. And all my hope is in you. All my strength is in you. With every breath, my soul will rest in you. And I, I love this line. It says, here in my weakness. Mm. So not trying to like break through the weakness, but right here, right now, in my weakness. It's always the same, but your love is my shelter. Yeah. Your life is my way. So just let the words of the song just kind of become your own and do some, some soul searching and a heart check to say, where, where are you? As we ask that question, where, where's your heart right now?
light in my darkness peace for my soul you are my rescue you've never let go it's light in my darkness peace for my soul you are my rescue you've never let go and all my hope is in you all my strength is in you with every breath my soul will rest in you Your love is my shelter, your life is my way, and all my hope is in you, all my strength is in you with every breath. My soul will rest in you. Yes, all my hope is in you. All my strength is in you. With every breath, my soul will rest in you. Oh, my hope 
not to gloss over and forget that you've called us to fight a good fight and that's the, the war that's waged in our own soul for our own hearts and that the soil of our hearts Lord is is filled with so much from this world so much from persecution the evil one all the different distractions God might we be gardeners of our own hearts and place all of our hope in you. And Father, we just thank you that our hope is not in vain and that your Son, Jesus Christ, died that we might find hearts that are cleaned and washed, stained free before you because of his death. Lord, nothing we do earns that. We thank you for that gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, thanks. That was good. Well, at least it's good for you and I. So there you go. I encourage you too, as as you feel led to to stand or um, man to raise your hands or even to kneel. Um, you know, worship is not contingent on the order of the service. It's you know now time to worship, and so your response to God is your response to God, and and however you get led there. This kind of the, the so the one way we can look at this this text this parable is that there are soils uh, that are reflections of a heart condition and we should look at that and reflect on where we're at. But the other way for us to look at this is now what is the parable not really talking about much? What isn't Jesus addressing? And as I said earlier, if if I was called to to start a garden as Trish and I have and. You know, we're growing tomatoes and some squash and some things like that. So we did a lot of work at removing weeds and removing rocks and putting fertilizer in there. In fact, we said last service was, I got a text from uh, a friend and he said, you know, it's interesting, good soil needs an additive. You know what that is, right? It needs manure, healthy nutrients. And he said it was a great observation to say that often I think we think that Good soil comes from, you know, you become a Christian and, and you follow Jesus and it's just all so good, you know? When often the spiritual journey is a bit smelly, isn't it? It's a bit filled with some stuff that's just not all the time great. But boy, is God is cultivating a person's life through persecution, through adversity, through tough times. Boy, he can, he can do something in a heart. And so that's for us, but really... If I were to grow a garden, I would do that. But really, the text gives us that the sower is literally just walking. They're just, he's just walking, not even, almost uh, 
not very responsible, it feels like. Because shouldn't he be kind of over here and just focusing on the good soil? and just Let's just get the seed there. And let's just think for a minute what the, the parable is saying to us is that first of all, we're not to be fixing the heart condition of people. In other words, if there's a hardened heart of somebody that you know, and you know that the seed's not getting there, why is it we work so hard to till the soil? We almost think that just throwing the seed harder at the person, you know? Throwing biblical truth at them is going to somehow lodge itself into the hardened heart of someone who's lost. The parable doesn't give us instruction, and Jesus doesn't say, now prepare the soil and prepare the heart. Really, hearts sometimes will be hard. And there is no intellect or great logical discussion or all of a sudden spiritual truth that you can give that will break through. It might be oftentimes that you just need to pray for that person and pray that God does break the hardness of their own heart. But others, as we found, might, the soil might look good on the surface and they come to know Christ and all of a sudden we're worried because we see this little sprout and we're going, we've got to protect it. And the text doesn't say that, but I find a lot of people, a lot of times, will try to guard it from the sun and guard it from persecution, almost enabling it not to feel any, be tested and so we protect, and so we try to guard things and kind of create these Christian incubators for people. No, Jesus doesn't spend time talking about protecting from the sun. And again, we see the, the sower, and the sower would have been walking, you know, and just, just throwing seed very liberally and just all the way through, not stopping to till soil, not stopping to protect this little, this little sprout, this this new believer, this new heart from the sun. As we get closer, as this person's to, to, to weeds, I think this is an interesting one because this is where, boy, we like to pull weeds, don't we? I mean, if anything, we know that it talks about the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth, but how many times do we even, let's expand this for a moment, we try really, let's fix all the problems that the person has first. I think about a few weeks ago when we had Craig Gross here from Triple X Church and remember when the video started and it was the porn star sharing that and how everybody was kind of getting uncomfortable. You know, you think you're not noticeable, but you are. And it's just, oh man, what's he going to say? Earmuffs to the kids, you know, like what's going to happen? And yet, what we find is often I think we spend a lot of time trying to clear out weeds and then all of a sudden we'll share. I mean, when did finding Christ, was it about behavior management first? And so there's people that struggle, and there's a weed-infested world with people that are, you know, with, with sexual choices and moral choices with finance and money and lying and, and just immoral behavior. And how often we try to just, let's just pull these out first. No, it doesn't say that at all. In fact, it just... The sower continues to, to throw that seed. And then it gets to the good soil. And we know that some of them take root. And again, if you just look at this, you're just saying, wow, how much effort do I spend? 
in trying to do soils, heart work with people? When am I really, am I responsible for fixing the heart of a person? And really, the, the text is talking about just sowing the seed. And so let's talk just for a moment of what that is. It's the simple truth and the good news of what Christ is for us. What He did for us. What God sent His Son Christ to die for us. This is this Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you've been saved. That's great news. But I find again that we do a lot of work in church and religion of trying to do a lot of fixing of soils. A lot of tilling soil. A lot of pulling weeds and pulling out rocks. And so therefore in the church it becomes a lot of religion, right? How we should look and we should try to fix things around us. And when we can't do that, Jesus often is found throughout the Gospels sitting with weed-infested, hard-hearted people. People that are going to face persecution and wane. Peter himself buckles in, in the face of being asked about, do you know this Christ? Do you know this Jesus? No. I mean, think about where his heart was. But Jesus is found there, and he's found loving those people and reaching out to those people and trying to share that news himself about who he is. And I think this morning a big question is, where is your effort this morning? When it comes to others, what effort are you putting in? Are you doing soil work or are you sharing good news? It starts to get a little bit scary too when you think about the role that you're putting yourself in when yeah. you are trying to label somebody, oh, well, they're hard-hearted. You know, that's, you're basically putting yourself in the seat of God being able to judge somebody's heart and and that's scary you know that's that's a that's a scary place to be because the truth is it may outwardly look like they've got a heart of stone or whatever like that but uh, that's where we need to trust in the in the in the power and the hope that we have in Christ that can do all things hmm. because they may be outwardly giving off a this projection of being hard-hearted and yet they are broken inside and they desperately want to hear some good news and that's where, again, the role of the sower is be bearers of, of good news. Be bearers of hope. Be bearers of love. Love that maybe somebody has never felt or understood or known before. Yeah. Before you try to identify whether or not it's going to land well. That's, yeah. Lead us. Okay. Uh, And then I, with that too, it's it's I think it's identifying what that hope is. And so in in Christian community and Christian circles, we all kind of just take for granted. Oh yeah, well we have the hope of Christ. We have the, you know we say these things almost flippantly, uh, but when we look at uh, you know again trying to judge somebody's heart or change their behavior or whatever, the verse that continues this uh, really ring in my ears is just that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There wasn't a clean up your act first so that you can have good soil that can hear the gospel. So there's people that in their sin, Christ died for them so that they may have hope, so that they may have relationship with him. And so let's just uh, take a moment and, and, and look to Jesus. And, and I want you to join me in, in confessing just my need for Jesus. And uh, 
yeah, it's an old song, but it's timeless. And so let's just uh, let's sing this together. Cause in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you can have all this world, give me Jesus, when I am alone, when I am alone, when I am alone, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. Take a moment just in silence and in your own words, say the same thing. That you need him, you invite him, you want to hear from him. when you as a Christ follower when you you recognize the weeds in your own life you recognize kind of the scorched part of your heart from persecution 
I, I just, I feel like there's more grace that you can give because you get it. I think it's when we become, I think you were saying, Bobby, when we're, we're, not, um, we're not real with who we really are that we forget of what it's like. And I'm reminded of that every week. I mean, <laughs> I have to just admit that as one of the pastors here, and, you know, you guys can go ahead and get up and leave when you want to, but I struggle with weeds. I struggle with being scorched out under persecution. I struggle with all that still, even though Christ has died for me and to claim that. And so part of our church culture and part of being connected to people and part of a service is to remind us of truth. And so it really comes down to Jesus, which is pretty powerful for all of us. I, I think this last section, which I'd love to just spend some time on, and, you know, again, more excited about what's coming up in this season for our church, and I really mean that. I'm very, we are very excited about where God's taking our community. And not because we have, like, a new fix-it or a new answer or a new program that's going to change everybody's lives, but I just feel like we're, as a staff, as an elder board, refining what is it that we're about. And we know that we're to make disciples. But one thing we feel like is so true is that in this parable, as, we, as you read, is there's a responsibility. You, you check the condition of your heart, but we're to be sowing. We're to just be sowing. And I think sometimes we've made way too much out of just reaching into what God's given you in your own life, the truth he's already given you, and reaching in and sharing that with other people. The seed doesn't necessarily mean all the right answers. It doesn't mean you've got God figured out. I love Paul's statement in Colossians that he says, speak forth the mystery of Christ. When he's saying that when I have this opportunity, I can't wait to speak about the mystery. That doesn't sound like a lawyer who has it all figured out. Mystery, meaning it's still a baffling to me about who he really is. But we're to share this good news and we're to continue to do that. And remember the statement Dallas Willard says, you can talk about being something and live very counter, but all of you are living consistent with what you truly believe. So in other words, if the seed is on that good soil, then it will produce a life that can't help but sowing seed. It, it, you can't help but to talk about him. And I think we've reduced the idea of, of sowing to a few people that are real brave and they're okay about being, or answer people, or let's tell the pastors to tell other people. You know, in the really, the heyday of this church, and what I mean heyday, like the real growth spurt of community church, and some of you remember those days, as I even reflected with Ted and Joe and some of you as leaders, there was a passion to share about their faith. Community church had a real deep-seated passion about being sowers and whether it was in the community and anything they did, opportunities to, to let anybody here and get them here or sit down and have coffee with them. And really, sowing seeds simply means us just talking more about the love, this love that we have for Christ. This morning, all of you are sowing something. Do you know that this morning? Every one of you is sowing something. 
It may not be Christ, but it's something. It might be trying to figure out retirement and it's work and it's, you know, you don't understand. Maybe it's busyness. You're sowing something in your life. What are those seeds that are falling around you? What are they saying? What are they really growing? You might be throwing seeds that are weeds, worrying about money, worrying about life. We're called to be sowers of this great news and we're to check the condition of our heart and we're not responsible for the heart change of people. We are simply to be sowers. And I love the picture. If you can imagine having being in Galilee, the soils and just not really caring, but just I'm going to put that wherever it needs to fall. Just going to, I'm just going to be responsible just reaching in to what God's given me. And so really a question for you this morning is what, what is that in your life? What's still freeing about this, whether you know God for one week or 20 years, whether you're young or old, whether you're rich or poor, no matter who you are, where you are, whatever class, group, social scene, whatever you're in, if you know Jesus Christ and you're his disciple, you can share the good news. You can sow seed. That may not be a spiritual answer. It may be simply listening to somebody and, and when they're working through their pain, you put, their arm, you put an arm on their shoulder around them and saying, can I just pray for you? And, they, and you may freak out like, okay, that's, that's bold. No, it's not. Not when the seed is germinating in a heart that loves Jesus and is passionate, no matter who they are. It may be that you just love somebody by giving to them. Why did you do that? Why would you do that? Oh, I get this opportunity. I get an opportunity to sow more seed, to throw more out there. I'm not responsible for the return. I'm just responsible to sow more. And I think, too, if I could add to that, um, when we ask the question, what are you sowing? Are you sowing information? Are you, is it just dispelling information about Christ, or are you truly sowing the seed of a relationship with him? Uh, you know, because I think it says the last service, this doesn't necessarily give, at least I don't think it gives license to be like the, the bullhorn guy on the corner of the street just shouting. Yeah, that's like, yeah. <laughs> take that, you take yeah. the seed. But coming from the recognition of what Christ has done in you in the midst of rocky soil or hard soil or whatever, and the fact that he was able to transform your heart to take root yeah. and being able to have the eyes to see like that, where uh, it's, it's driven by, by love, by offering the hope, that, the hope of heaven that we have in Christ, and not just an informational transaction where you convince somebody that they're either you know, right or wrong in their thinking, and so they should choose this, because then you've just disseminated information. Doesn't necessarily mean it's taken root. It could be the shallow you know, soil, I don't know. And man, you feel that grace in your life about you being set free, about you experiencing peace. How could you not share that with people? So this week, we're, we're going to be, our lobby is going to be changing a little bit. We, the carpet is just a little bit old, if some of you can't tell already. It's when you see waves in your carpet, you know it's probably time. I think it's 16 years. But, uh, and we're doing some other stuff and maybe some work in the front. So this gentleman is a, a construction guy and I was with Ben Alexander and 
And uh, I said, hey, I'd love, we'd love to use you. We'll get back to you. I said, but could I ask you to do one thing? He said, yeah, what is that? I said, I want you to come to one of our services. And he's like, what? I said, yeah, when, when's the last time you were in church? He goes, oh, oof. <laughs> and he goes, you understand, I went from birth till about 12. And uh, he said, it scared me to death. And he says, I don't. I haven't been back. I, I had a chance to just say, I want you to try us. I want you to come once. I want you to see a little bit about what, what we do and who we love. It's just a chance to sow. See, I didn't have to tell him the four spiritual laws. See, there's a big difference in our culture today that we've mistaken, and I think our culture is it's an epidemic that they have bought religion for what it means to know God. And religion does nothing for a soul or a heart or soil. It is a relationship with Christ that breaks our heart. And that's what the news we've got to share. What are you sowing? What are we as a church sowing? If you are a disciple of Jesus, you should be reaching into this bag and whether you're getting gas or groceries or talking to a neighbor, it should just be part of your natural part of who you are to say, however I can throw the good news out to people. As we go to the table today for communion, and we're going to be led in music by Bobby, I, I would just, I would challenge you, you take that bread and cup, but when you do, it is a body broken for you because Jesus Christ did not die and sacrifice his life for you to sit in a chair on Sundays. Jesus Christ did not die so that you could give an offering once a week to a, a church. He did not die that we would build buildings. He did not die that we'd have really cool programs or great music. He died that we might be, be forgiven and have life eternal with the Father. That is why he died. That is the good news. All the other stuff we do is our best effort to try to make it all work. It is, that is the good news. That is why you take this bread and cup. Not as a religious exercise, but as a statement of relationship with the King, with the Father in heaven. This morning as you do that, ask yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to call you on. Where are you sowing? What are you sowing this morning? Let me pray for us before we go to communion. Father, will you call all of us to a place of accountability? We might say we're disciples, but Father, show us what we're really sowing. Myself included in this room and first, God, I pray that I can be a man that would sow uh, the seeds of good news to not just my family and friends, but to this community. God, we thank you for the, the way we can do that, and that is through your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Here I am, down on my knees again, surrendering all, surrendering all. And find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, I'm desperate for you. 
desperate for you. I surrender Drench my soul As mercy and grace unfold Hunger and thirst hunger and thirst with arms stretched wide I know you hear my cry speak to me now speak to me now I surrender I surrender I want to know you more I want to know you more I surrender I surrender And I want to know you more I want to know you Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathe within. Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, stir within my soul. Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way. Lord, 
I surrender And I want to know you more I want to know you more I surrender I surrender And I want to know you more I want to know continue to sing right now and be reminded again as, as we talked earlier about how songs have this beautiful way of reminding us uh, I know for me it adds emotion to to these words of truth and so because I can say things like yes I need to surrender all my sin before God and, and he is my hope but when I get to put that in the context of music and there's it evokes emotion in me to say yes I surrender he is my hope. And so let's uh, join the church that has gone before us for centuries now in, in singing, My Jesus, I love thee. I know that thou art mine. So let's sing together. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine, for thee love the follies of sin, I resign, my gracious Redeemer, my Savior, I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. And I love thee for wearing the thorn. Say when the death to lies cold on my 
and proud if ever I love thee if ever if ever I love thee if ever I love thee my Jesus is Father, will you help us never forget that it was your son that died for us that we might have freedom, not from our good behavior, not from our religion, but, Father, because of that sacrifice. And it is because of that, Lord, that we can share great news with others. The hope of the world isn't good answers. The hope of the world isn't programs or structures Father, it's your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us not forget. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for, for being here this morning. And uh, just to say two things, we are starting uh, launching like a three-month journey as a church into a lot of our strategy and the weekend services are going to be, I think, challenging and powerful. Can I, can I ask you and charge you with this? You need to bring some people. I promise you we won't hurt them, we won't offend them, um, and I can't even guarantee where their hearts will be. But man, it's time for us uh, to sow seed as a church. And it's not the answer. I'm sure there's a lot of other ways to share, but man, there's a lot we can do. God is good to us as a church body, and one of the opportunities we're gonna have to, to be able to address, um, we're gonna go on an Israel trip, Trish and I are taking a group, um, part of us with Christ to Rock, and, and so we have uh, spots open to go to Israel from February 24th to March 7th. If you're interested, would you go to the Visitor's Center, and they'll have you fill out a connection card, and we'll get you information for that. All right, would you go in his peace and grace? We didn't do a greeting, so now you have an ever-extended greeting all the way out in the parking lot. Enjoy one another.